Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. The boys, we are at it again. We are talking some more Malifaux and got the full gang. We got Pete here, we got Chris, and our boy Dixon. Hopefully, you guys are. Uh, hope you guys are having a good time. How you doing? Trying Dixon's new rig out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Which, <laughs> did your Did your computer explode, Dixon? Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm just okay. asking in general if your computer exploded. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Oh yeah. Did it explode? Explode like fire and everything? No, it's in Virginia still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so we've got a couple things we're going to talk about today. We are going to we're going to talk about a few things today. We are going to actually talk about the Explorer Starter, because Chris got that, and we're going to kind of share our little two cents about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go ahead and also talk about the Seekers, because Chris has been playing a lot of that keyword out of Explorers. And yeah, I think, I think there's some good so information that we have so to share fun. with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So but before we get into that, make sure that you guys are supporting the podcast. You can do that through all the social medias, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are going to have a new battle report coming out probably next weekend. And then uh, you can also support us directly through Patreon. So if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash ragequitwire. You can support us for as little as a dollar. So with that being said... Chris, you got the uh, new Explorer starter. This is going to be something that each faction is going to have. It comes with a few things. It comes with a uh, fate deck. It comes with about three or four models, depending on how the boxes are. Uh, comes with some widgets and some scheme tokens. And then finally, I believe it also comes with... No, is that it? Is that everything? Oh, upgrade cards. That's a lot of thing, right? No, I was just <laughs> saying that, that that's all the contents of it. So you open this up and... Basically, what was your kind of uh, experience with the uh, with the starter box there? So the very first thing that you do when you open it up is you come across the cardboard set of widgets and the measuring token or the measuring uh, widget. Widget? Yeah, cardboard. I stress cardboard because it is cardboard. Really disappointed with that. I was expecting some higher quality stuff. Um, it's nice cardboard. It's nice cardboard, but... <laughs> for a fraction, a fraction of the cost, probably the same exact price they could have put acrylic tokens in there. Yeah, even if it was the thin acrylic. Yeah, even charge me, you know, hell, charge five bucks more for the starter instead of 45, charge 50 and put in some nice acrylic stuff, something that you're going to, you know, show around tournament scene. You know, I got this. I think it would sell a lot more. I was really disappointed with that cardboard. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about that. Why? How come companies haven't done that yet? when we know for a fact that there's a bunch of guys that are in the hobby selling it on the side. Yeah, a widget a widget for me, you can get on uh, Etsy for $4, $4. I've, I've looked at the pricing. The pricing for a sheet of acrylic, uh, 
12 by 24 sheet of acrylic is $3.25. Go out and buy a fucking Glowforge, a cheap Something. one, and print off 50 of them or print off however many boxes you get, 500, 500 of them, and put them in those boxes, man. Like, it doesn't cost a lot. Well, and and I I know that it, it might be done to save on cost, but I think anybody that's going to buy the starter box wouldn't mind a few extra bucks just for nicer widgets. Because every, absolutely, hell yeah. every, everybody's going to buy it because you need the models. They are core models that the faction needs. They're versatiles. No, yeah. but like to add into Chris, like he's right. I will always use uh, acrylic widgets over anything else. They're like light. They're like perfect sizing for everything. Like it just don't feels break right. as easy. They're Thank beautiful you. on the board. If you get you know anything on them, water, you know, sweat, anything like that, they don't start decomposing. Yeah. So, and I I almost could overlook that, but I I started looking at also the fate okay. deck. Wait, 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 no, 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 hold on, hold on. I want to get okay. to the, the whole. Okay. Chris is going through his whole experience. Right. So. So I pull off the cardboard you know, widget thing, and I'm immediately disappointed in that. But then I see the models, and I'm like, all right, all right, this is good. The models are beautiful. One-piece models, all of them are you know, nice, detailed, very good-looking models. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're one-pose, monopose already completed? Yep, they're they're completed. Absolutely. That's a, that's a huge I step. I know. That's, that's a huge spell right there. Like, I saw Holy. that. I was like, yeah! The amount of times we've heard horror stories of putting models together, weird models together. Like, there's a, there's a couple of guys that their their Vietnam was basically the, the Gorio. Like, making a Gorio. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. Oh, God, I hated it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So you've got, you know, two hopeful prospects. You don't have to worry about putting together. You've got Tannenbaum. You don't have to worry about putting together. And you got Mr. Nagatoro, yeah, Nagatoro, yeah. Um, that you don't have to worry about putting together. It's phenomenal, uh, absolutely phenomenal. But then I shifted my uh, my sights over to the Fate deck, pulled it out, and I opened it up. First off, Pete's all like, "I can't even get this Fate deck open." That was after I opened it three or four times. <laughs> that box is the cheapest box that you could possibly put a Fate, a fate deck in. I, I felt like I was going to rip. I felt like I was yeah, going to rip it. Like, it's like it's like paper. But you open it up, pull it out, and it, they're plastic. They're that stick-together plastic, Dixon. It's like wax. It's like waxy. It's wax. Yeah. It's a fake deck I'll never use. It's a piece of shit fake deck. Oh, yeah. shit. Super disappointed. Wait, wait, wait. Did you uh, – Pete, do you remember that you gave that fake deck to a new guy? Yeah. Did you ever open it? Yeah. 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 All of those fake decks are great. Oh, yeah, thank those, God. Those fate decks were <laughs> phenomenal, but they didn't get the fate decks made by the same company. I, I guess I don't know. Or Why? something. They, something they feel, they feel waxy. They feel waxy in your hands, where it's like they stick together, like you can't even yeah. shuffle them. That's so dumb. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the nice fate decks that you buy for what 10, 15 bucks. Yeah, I think it's fifteen. Silky smooth. They feel oh, yeah. good. I just want. I, I like holding the cards. That's the only reason why I play Malifaux. I like holding those cards. So far, so far, I've never had any problems with their fate decks. Like I, there was one uh, time in yeah, MTV that they did a whole bunch of like Western style fate decks. They looked yeah. fantastic and they felt great. Yeah. Like never, never about like why did they have to ruin it with this? Like, yeah. is it again cost? Like, 
Is it, is yeah, it that much was. more expensive? I, yeah, they had to have just gone cheap as they could possibly get to get these starter boxes out. Man, charge me 10 bucks more and give me quality. I'm going to use it. I'm going to showcase it for you. We're on a you know, we're on a podcast, man. We're talking about this shit, you know, live to all what ten people that listen to us. <laughs> Dozens. There's a dozen at least. Dozens. A dozen people <laughs> that listen to us. Um, but charge me ten extra dollars, man. Give me some quality. This isn't yeah, I was super so super disappointed in all of the extra fluff that came with it. So the yeah, the, the, with, its... with the quality that you're talking about, you could have easily just done a starter box with the models and the upgrade cards. And just charge like 30 35 bucks if because I, I don't know anybody who's a seasoned player who's going to use that fate deck or is going to use i mean the cardboard widgets are okay like they're good for like a newer player getting in i'm not going to use them if i when i get the bayou one so i mean that's just me by experience because i tried doing cardboard way back when it's when shit. I, yeah it, it doesn't last more than a few months i literally have to constantly make my own cardboard one especially i used to do bases in cardboard literally doesn't last more than like a month maybe two i yeah, just find when you use cardboard widgets they don't maneuver as smoothly as the acrylic like they'll slip more or they'll you know bend at a weird angle and yep. when you store them they get effed up pretty easy yeah they get banged up in the corners you start getting like uh yeah. little grooves in them yep. it, it stops being worked like i said at, at tops i had widgets last me a month when they were made of cardboard yeah, that fade deck's the the worst thing out of that box, though. I I, I just took like, Chris took him out because I didn't want to mess his box up, and I handled him. I'm just like these just don't feel good. Like you so know, horrible. yeah, the tech the tech you know tactile experience you get with them, it's just like this waxy, just not not good. I mean, hopefully the other starter boxes are a little crisper than that fade deck. If maybe it's maybe they got a bad box. Uh, maybe, but like, I got I think. I think because there were starter boxes and you have four models for $45, they didn't want to like, you know, the $5 extra, they didn't want to spring too much into it. I'd pay 60 bucks if they had good acrylics and stuff in there. Yeah, hell yeah. And a good fate, if you had a good fate deck, acrylics and models, I'd pay 60 bucks easy. If I mean, they were really good acrylics and I really liked them, I yeah. might buy two of the boxes just to have two sets of the acrylics. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, sell, yeah. sell the rest of the shit. So, so, yeah, I mean, I know you were a little disappointed with that, Chris, and we wanted to kind of just let people know that haven't experienced the box yet. Um, and just, I mean, hopefully Weird can, I mean, well, I'm sure they already got them all planned out at this point, so they're all probably going to be the same. I was going to yeah, say hopefully you know, they'll be different, but. I hope, they, I hope they're different because, you know, Outcast comes out next, and mm. I, you know, it's okay because Outcast isn't, you know, a hugely, you know, popular faction anymore so it's okay they have a little bit of time to get their shit straight and maybe pump out some nicer you know nicer accessories yeah when i get the bayou one if um basically when i get the bayou one i'm just going to get the models and i'll probably just trash the rest <laughs> no I'll, I'll give them away to a new player or something oh you know? yeah be like here you go have them have Adam. here's a, here's a sheet of cardboard this should last you a month or well two. just to, just to show you i mean Chris, we just did a uh, did a token order. I got a bunch of Bayou tokens, and I think you picked up some tokens. And I mean, I, you haven't given me the price yet of it, but I mean, I probably spent at least fifty bucks on it. Yeah, it's fifty bucks. It was thirty five, and then I think seven or something like that. Yeah, so I mean, people that played the game have no problem spending a little extra money for nice quality. I don't just want cheap junk. God I mean, no! The amount of money I've spent on tokens in my tray, Pete. Dude. Yeah. 
60 bucks gets you five models in in like um the uh, marvel crisis protocol and like fucking 40k Malifo with widgets and cards and models hell yeah like one yeah, less model one less model and still get like all that quality yeah i can see people paying 55 to 60 dollars for that I would yeah, have been sixty and getting some nice tokens. God, I've probably spent five hundred dollars on yeah, just but tokens. Starter and core stuff should also be taken into account that you're gonna lose some money because that's that's what forty uh, War Machine did. War Machine they took a hit with their starter boxes, and then they were recouping all that money with all the extra stuff that they were selling. It's true. Absolutely. So they could have they could have planned on that just the same and be like, okay, so these are gonna be slightly more. Uh, costly for us to make and we're not going to make yeah. as much money but it's going to get people into the game and yeah you can't just pitches. play with them you just can't play with a starter box that's just a versatile go. set of models you have to yeah. buy a crew <laughs> yeah no no but but you can use those versatile models into the crew the mm -hmm. other thing that makes you want to get those models is literally the deck of cards which now with that bad experience that you have chris why would you even get that if i'm not going to be able to use the deck and the same thing with the widgets the widgets are going to get destroyed within a month why would i even care about them well, and here's the thing. It's like I haven't looked to see. I don't know if they've shown what's in all the different boxes, but I mean, if there's like if I have the Bayou box and I already have those models, there's no incentive for me to buy that box. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. So hope, like I said, that's got to be either they are going to put new models in there that's like okay, I have to buy this because of the models, right? Or they have to fix the quality because if it's the same versatile models that I already have, I'm not going to pick it up unfortunately and and i it's this is actually a good product idea yes it just, apparently it, it wasn't they somebody just made a mistake and they can still recoup it because like we're a small community we're still gonna buy your product if it's good so if you can like rebox it and give us actually good quality products we'll pay the extra stuff i mean people are gonna buy it for the models and the upgrade cards anyways yeah you're just yeah, gonna have all these trashy cards and and cardboard that just don't get used because why would I use it? Yeah, but that, that's a feel bad because I I'm paying forty five dollars now just for those models that I'm probably gonna use only two of. So yeah, I mean, it, but it's, it's kind of a feel bad. But if you literally give me, like I said, a deck of cards which I'm always going to use, yep. and widgets which I'm always going to use, it doesn't matter how many models I'm gonna use out of the box now. Yeah, I'm happy. All right, guys. Well, let's get into the meat of this. So I mean. Well, before we get into the meat of it, Chris, how what would you rate the, uh, the starter box out of five stars? What would you give it? <laughs> <laughs> two? I'm not sure. Is it a two? Well, I've got Tannenbaum, so it's not bad. And, and, and Nagatoro. Nagatoro, he's got his he's got his place. He's got his places. But and you got those pledges. The prospects. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I give it a two and a half stars. Ooh. I'll give it a three just because the models are really sweet and they're not cheap plastic. So they didn't cheap on the plastic. So I'm happy. Right. Right, it's right, nice, right. It is nice plastic. Models okay. are super good. All right. So recommendation, if you're going to get it for the models, the models are fantastic. Well, yeah. You, if have, you, you have to get it. For the, you have to get it. Well, I was going to say for Explorers, you do. Yeah. If you're going to play Explorers, you've got to get it. Sorry. Sorry, everyone who listens to this. And they play explorers you have to get this box just know that deck of cards and hey if you get a deck of cards that's nice and if it's just my deck of cards they'll yeah, let us know let us know, oh, let us know. that's great you know 
I'll get with, you know, I'll get with weird and try to get that deck of cards replaced. But yeah, I, I've got the Explorer fate deck that I got and I'll just keep playing with that. Have you even tried shuffling the uh, those cards it does yet? Not work. Yeah, I tried shuffling. They, they stick blow together. up in your. <laughs> no, they stick together. It's like a block. I'm like, so I'm trying to let go, and it's sticking together, and they're not coming apart. Chris, yeah. recommendation. And I'm uh, all like, like this. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> sticking together. No, no, quick recommendation too. Also, everybody that's gonna buy the box anyway, uh, sleeve them with clear uh, sleeves for magic. They're perfect fit. Yeah, great, you, get you gotta to see, sleeve your cards now. Yes, you have to sleeve your cards, but that fixes your problem. You know, yes! I did that. I literally did that. Yeah. That, 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 a deck that's this tall. Like, yeah, you got like a commander deck. It's I, falling all over the place. Like you go to flip a card, you accidentally hit it. No, no, no. Scattering across the table. Yeah. Anybody that played a 60 card magic deck knows that it's not that thick. I know, but it's still funny. <laughs> I think that's a good recommendation, Dixon. If if that is your first fate deck and you're going to use it, definitely sleeve them up because it'll shuffle a hell lot better. Yeah, because to be honest, I when I saw it, I saw the Outcast one and I wanted it because of the symbols on the cards. Yeah, I wanted to. I really like how the symbol actually looks on the cards. But if it if it shuffles like crap, I'm going to have to sleeve it. Okay, so let's get into the meat of this, and I think this is kind of going to be an interesting topic because. This is one of the key words that I think people are really interested in for explorers, and that's the seeker keyword. So this is the keyword that is, you know, has Jetsa as its uh, crew leader. And Chris, you've been really playing these guys a lot. So what does this crew kind of do? What's the feel of it? Like, what, give a quick synopsis of what it is. They brick up and they kill shit. <laughs> yeah, it's this weird, uh, they're kind of like this undead faction that they're all about it's definitely a bubble crew and it, it's really interesting because every model that has this keyword procs off of healing abilities that can be either friendly or enemy so if something heals within six inches something happens so there's a bunch of triggers it's like it's almost like this crazy like domino effect of someone heals boom 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 and it just chaos ensues it's like it's like Sandeep. So Sandeep's crew has a lot of triggers that bounce off of each other. Yep. It's kind of interesting to play against. I've played helped Chris kind of play with it a bunch lately. And I've almost gotten to the point where I I like bringing the Bokur for Bayou. I don't usually bring it against this crew because <laughs> I don't want to take damage and I don't want to trigger all his crap. So you definitely want to think about not maybe not bringing your healing, you know, crutch in that game versus Jetsa. Yeah, any any I love any healing when it comes to Jetsa. If I get close enough to you, I can decide, oh, you're getting healed? You know what? Go ahead and take that damage instead. Once yeah, that, that's rough. Do that. Yeah, I love, because I, I played her for a little bit, trying to see if I could actually learn how to play there well. So I played her for like about maybe 15 games. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing was getting close to somebody, and if they had like regenerating, it was just like, Oh, you activate take two. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, oh, I, oh, you look hurt. Let me heal you, and then you just like, all right, plus one healing, and take four damage now. And there's nothing you can do because he can't actually resist this. Yeah, the first time that I, I the first time I got Jetsa into Ma uh, a couple of games ago, I healed Pete, and I was like, okay, Pete, so I'm gonna go ahead and heal you for four. And he's like, oh shit, okay. He's oh, thinking. Sweet. 
Yeah, he's thinking, oh, okay, well, he's going to get all these little pings off of everybody. You know, I'm going to be able to push. I'm going to be able to choose different, you know, flip a fate card, you know, stuff right. like that. I was like, but instead of healing you, I'm going to do damage. And he's like, you can do that. Or yeah. you could do that for four? <laughs> didn't feel good. Yeah, it oh, it, it feels amazing from this side. I'm just telling I'm you right now. That. No, my favorite thing with the crew is like you can do stupid things in keyword and out of keyword that just feel powerful without actually not doing anything crazy. For example, surveyors are seekers and they have also prices progress because they're also, yeah. um, what's the word from the, from Anya, the keyword? Syndicate. So they're syndicate and, and seeker, so they have price of progress so they can hurt themselves. So you can hurt yourself and hit somebody else to get the, the, the triggers. And then when they activate or do something crazy, everybody heals because there's uh, there's an aura of healing. What's the name of it? Let me see. It's uh, uh, something heal. Oh, font of everlasting. It models yeah, with four or less health. Four then or less start health. Yeah. So you're constantly healing from all these other stupid side effects and constantly triggering effects from Jetsa. I just, I love the crew. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting, we'll kind of start with Jetsa really quick, just because I think her activation in this crew is is pretty significant. She definitely sets up the turn for the crew. She usually, I, I've noticed that she usually activates either earlier midway in the turn. Usually you don't see her activating pretty late. Um, she does a couple cool things. Uh, most of the crew is unimpeded. They don't care about severe terrain, which is annoying. All um, of the crew, anyone who shares a keyword. So she has uh, these life tokens. So this is what kind of can get really bad with this crew. Not only are they healing and doing things, but if they're within six inches of Jedsa, she can basically, if a model dies within six inches and it has the seeker keyword, basically she can spend a life token and then it just heals too. And then if you die, she, she gets another life token. So it's all about building up life tokens. And if, if as long as they're in the bubble, they can't die as long as there's life tokens. So pretty ridiculous. And I don't think I don't think that's a demise ability either. So I don't think demise negates that. Nope. It's what triggers. Um, what's it's what makes Mikhail so damn invincible? Because yeah. you have to basically kill Jetsat to kill Mikhail. Yeah. Unless so. He pulls Mikhail out a little bit and then kills him. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's that too. But so that, yeah. that's always something that's really interesting with Jedza. She also has the ability to heal. Um, she can also target terrain pieces and she can do stuff with the terrain, like making it hazardous and crap. And then she can also pick up uh, markers so she can do stuff with markers. So she, can, she just has a lot of abilities. So I want to point out Jetsa's ability that you just described. Oh, she draws cards too. Oh, yeah. She removes the marker to draws cards. But, like, the awesome thing about, about targeting a Teresa train, the the World Series Council had to literally start defining pieces of terrain by pieces in every single map in Vassal. Just because of Jetsa? Just because of Jetsa. Because it was just getting ridiculous. It's like, oh, you're near a house or you're inside a house. You take, like, everything. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's concealing, obviously. <laughs> it's It was dumb. It was super dumb. Yeah, and then she has plenty of wares so she can heal and she gets triggers off that. So I, I, Jetsa is just a really flexible support master. That's what she is. It reminds me very much of a master like Tapper or Esther from Guild Ball. Just where the leader is really making the crew kind of sing. Well, to anybody that doesn't play Guild Ball, 
if you've ever played Outcast or against Outcast with their stupid emissary that has the, the quick action to move somebody three inches and drop a yeah. marker, she has that as a master. Yep. So that's this is another thing that she's amazing at. Yeah, she just she almost has the ability to answer a lot of questions just by herself. She even removes conditions, so there's a lot going on where she can just. Oh, by the way, she's willpower eight, so <laughs> have fun with that. But she is slow. She's move four. Yeah, but she's in the category. She, she might be willpower eight and defense five, but if you think about it, there's a few masters that fall into the category of thirteen on their stats, like Misaki seven six. So that's a 1300 yeah. stat. You're not you know, wrong. Yeah, so it doesn't mean that she's broken because... Oh, also, um, Soraya has the same stat line. So what does that mean? When you actually look at her to try to kill her, she's got to have some kind of weakness. And in reality, she only has heart of wound. That's it. That's yeah. all she has to defend herself. Yeah, I mean, but if you're going after Jedza, you're going into the murder bubble. So I don't know how much of a good idea that is. Well, that's a good question. Uh, somebody in the Discord, they were asking that question. Do you have to go after Jetsa even if you know that it's a bad idea? Yeah, like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those questions towards the end here. I got a, probably about five or six of them. Yeah. So then we have kind of her, and this is the coolest model out of the box, if you ask me, her Totem Sophie. Beautiful, beautiful model. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, 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 Sophie, and Sophie does work. <laughs> like, Sophie's ridiculous. I think Sophie's adorable. Sophie is adorable, and I really enjoy the fact that uh, she has move along. Yeah, she does that. But I think the the one that's more interesting to me is the uh, not only can she give out focus with her bonus action, but the camp by candlelight is an amazing action for her. Yeah, especially um, against uh, against uh, Maw. Maw, an opponent's like Maw. Yeah. Masters so, Maw. Yeah. So basically. Yeah, the, the, I think the trigger is probably the worst thing that happens here. But basically, the bell of the, of the Vagrant, basically, any enemy models can't ignore or be unaffected by terrain within six inches of Sophie. So if there's a terrain piece within six inches of her and Maw ignores pit traps, she doesn't ignore pit traps if it's six inches within Sophie. So, <laughs> yeah, that sucked a lot. <laughs> I was not happy with that. God. Yeah, the only saving grace with a crew like Ma is the test subjects. So the way the verbiage that the test subjects have, it makes it to where, I mean, they're they not. Take, they don't take the damage, and they don't take the damage. So and they already the injured they already take, yeah. but that's a positive for them. Yeah, it's a positive for them. So yeah. so stuff like that gets around it. But yeah, camp by candlelight is a very very good weapon to have. Yeah, well, Chris, are there what are some other models in um, the keyword that you've really started to enjoy playing with? Uh, Austera and Twiggy is a phenomenal model. I love Austera and Twiggy. Dixon, I, see you, I see you over here being like, yes, I agree. What do, <laughs> what do you think about Austera? Oh, God, it's so good. That Dude. aerial strike. Oh, that's so beautiful. Fuck so good. I can't tell you how many times I've hit Pete's models for five you know, five damage. I, I hit him once for six damage because I flipped the red joker. Just oh, luckily, so yeah, massive amount of damage. And she puts out a scheme marker. Um, you, if you get that, yeah, it's phenomenal. She, literally, I I love the fact that she moves into position or she is in position, and then she just stays in one place the entire game and just picking people apart from a place that you can't see, from a place you can't reach that easily. Like it's oh, she's amazing. Well, well, and, and here. Here's why it really sucks, right? Because, well, first off, 
she makes you deploy one of your models before setup. So she's just like, hey, that model, I want to see where it goes. But she can't pick your master, so it's perfectly balanced. Shut up, shut up Dixon. And then, <laughs> and then she also has, uh, basically at the start phase, on the first turn, she gets to move six inches. So she's already getting up the board, getting in position for that stupid 12-inch shot that doesn't need anything. It just goes. It literally ignores every rule in the game. Except in, for stealth. In, I think I was about to say, it's like I think including stealth, but I, I have to double check that one. No, because stealth says that you can't be targeted unless correct. you're within six. Correct, correct, correct. You're right. So this you're came right. up in our game that Chris and I played last night, and we kind of debated about it, but I'm pretty sure that's the way it's ruled because it says yep. specifically target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to like look it up, uh, but since you answered it, that makes perfect sense because uh, uh, she doesn't have any line of sight. She ignores cover, concealment. Uh, it's not a range attack, so it doesn't count the in melee penalty. It's yep. just straight up the same attack as the Ostringers. She's basically a well, and it has and it has puncture, and it has puncture, which is really good. But then also, like Chris said, I've seen him a couple times where he and this has actually helped Chris a lot mm. with bait and switch. Yep, because he'll activate her late, do the attack, and drop a scheme marker next to the model he's baiting and switching. Yeah, it's really good. Yep. Also, you don't have to actually put it right next to the model. If I remember, you can do it anywhere in the line. Let's see, drop a skin marker anywhere in the area between this model and the target. Yep, anywhere in the area between them. And it's dropped, so you could literally put it directly yeah. underneath them. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah, and sorry, I don't know if you guys said this or not, but and uh, she has the ability to draw hearts. Like, oh, yeah, we said it. Or could you ask for? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't no, know. no, no. We're good. We're good. Because like, she basically saves you a stone, or she gives you the ability to do it twice in a turn. Because she does the effect of, of, in the beginning of the start phase, you can pay a soul stone to draw two cards and discard two cards. But she yeah, does this, it in her activation. Yeah, this, this crew filters through its deck really well. Uh, if you got a crap... And honestly, I've seen Chris stone probably a little bit more than he should. Because I feel like you could activate two or three models in this crew and basically filter out your hand where it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, I got a crap hand. I'll activate Austera and Twiggy. I'll go ahead and do, you know, discard and draw two. Okay, I want to do it again. Discard, draw two again. So well, you, you can, can filter only... through it pretty good. Yeah, once yeah, per activation. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're right. It is once, yeah, per, once activation. per activation. Yeah. But Jetsa can draw two sets of, you know, depending on how many markers you have. Chris, what's, what's the model that when it heals, you can draw cards? Well, that's actually a couple of models. So Sophie lets you, uh, when you heal around Sophie, you could discard a card and draw a card. Mm. Austera and Twiggy lets you uh, look at the top of your fate deck and choose whether or not to discard it. Um, and then Tannenbaum lets you uh, put the top of your discard pile, non-joker, on your fate deck. So there's actually a lot of card manipulation that you can get around. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I want to point out something because a lot of people were not aware of this. I wasn't aware of it until like about two months ago. Lost knowledge, the remove marker thing is a cost. So you target the marker and remove it before you flip cards. Yeah. So even if you fail, if you try to like remove like a pyre marker, say, you can just remove the pyre marker, then flip the card. Oh, Black Joker, it doesn't matter. Let's do it again. Yep. It's insane. So good. well, and he, here's the thing too that we haven't even said about those um, about the lamp lighters. Mm -hmm. They have they have their lamps, and if you are within two inches of that, once per activation, you get a positive to a duel. Yeah. So that's just another bonus that the crew's getting 
just for being and it's all about being in synergy where chris i've only seen chris get in trouble with the crew when he tries to spread out and kind of do multiple areas of the board the crew really the strength is built on being in your bubble being in the formation and just taking care of business yep yeah it's so i've just been every very unlucky with every time I played against Pete, he keeps dropping Ma, and with Ma, he drops the two bushwhackers on either side of the board and tries to take outflank every single time. Yeah, with the pool we've been doing. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to figure out at him like, what are you doing, yeah. bro? What are you doing? I'm trying to figure out ways to get to take care of those and to still stay viable as a crew. Yeah. And there's not any good way to take care of them with Jetson's crew. I mean, Dude. I have to either sacrifice austera and twiggy and the dam to go kill one no no no, no. i was gonna say the dam you, you can just send the dam to one of the guys and just slaughter him and then yeah. just be done he, he's yeah. been well he's been doing that but in the last list i had i had a rooster rider on each side protecting uh, it and then i also had a soul stone miner so if he just dedicated the damned i potentially had three models to deal with it yeah, yeah he no, would have no, been no, able I, to annihilate that what he already i mean he annihilated the damned anyways because i was silly and i move myself out of Jets's bubble. But I was trying to, to curve Jets's crew over to follow them. And then I was just gonna hunker down and take those two uh, strategy markers because we're doing break the line, the, the far right. left two. But yeah. um, I just moved the dam a little bit out of position and he just was able to kill him very easily. Yeah, I think another model that works really good in this keyword is the grave goo. And there's a couple of reasons why I like that you've been bringing it. One, it has regen. So you're going to have one model there where it auto procs all your healing things. Yes, so as absolutely. soon as you activate it, you know, you can teleport Mikhail. You can, you know, push with your lamplighter. You can do a lot of really cool things um, with that. And also the thing that I thought was interesting is that this, this model also has that stupid ability, Slippery. So once again, here's another model that you have to be base to base with to attack in this stupid explorer's crew. And he wants you to be base to base. He wants oh, to be yeah. sitting oh. on top of one of those lamp markers. So you have to come in base to base with him and you take <laughs> one damage. And now it's severe terrain. And and one poison. Poison. Oh, it's yeah. hazardous, hazardous <laughs> terrain. Yeah. And then every time oh. a model heals within six of him, then you're taking poison one every single time. And yeah. I had, I had what Gracie up to like what nine poison or something like that. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty bad. It she was, was ridiculous. I fucking love that model. Yeah. It's a that, good model. That model is specifically why I started looking into that keyword. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting too, cause it gets shielded for going through terrain. So it has a way to kind of defend itself a little bit. Um, it's not super easy to kill just because of the healing that it has kind of naturally naturally built in. Um, and and its damage track is 236. So, I mean, you get lucky on the high end. You're doing kind of a bunch of damage there. Oh, he's... he's I, I think I don't think he's a broken model or a, like no, he's a not. great model. I personally love the model. Uh, he fits but, in the crew really well. Exactly. But, like, I've also seen people uh, come in with the that's what i started me into trying them out was the uh, what's the guy the archivist trying the archivist out and when you start drawing cards it gets ridiculous because you're like oh i hit you i draw cards i hit your draw cards i trigger all your healing go 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 pork chop sandwiches it's it's stupid yeah i think i think the last model and keyword that we need to definitely highlight here is tannenbaum 
Yeah. Um, he's, he's versatile, but he's also seeker. So this is his key word. Yeah. yeah, and he, Chris, why, just why do you like this stupid model? <laughs> so I like the ability to pull out four low cards off of, I mean, so when you first look at them, you're like, ooh, I could do that to the, you know, to the player I'm playing against. No, screw that, man. Do it to yourself. Pull four of your lowest cards out of there. You got four weak cards out. And then if you keep, if you keep a couple of weak cards in your hand at the end, I mean, Pete, what did I have? I had like eight weak cards in my discard pile. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about it. Turn two, I mean, eight weak cards that are completely out of the way. So he is phenomenal with that. Not only that, but if you screw up and you take a scheme that you can't score on, swap it out. He can swap out schemes. Yeah, you need a 13 to get it off, but rewrite the story is cool because if you just realize you messed up and you're just like, you want to know what? I can't do outflank anymore. You want to know what? I can't do you know, assassinate or whatever, you know, you just decide it was bad. This, yeah. this gives you kind of like a get out of jail free card. Like, okay, well let's try this different scheme. If like turn one or two, they kill your vendetta. You're like, yep. well, pen and bomb, switch it. All right, now I can do it again. Yeah. And actually I had a question that I've been digging around the forums for, and I can't really find any solid answers. Can you score the first point of a scheme and then switch to a different scheme? Yeah. With Tannenbaum? Yeah, yeah. doesn't say anything crazy. That's, yeah. Like it's yes, just, you could potentially score nine points if you have Tannenbaum. Hmm? Well, no. No. You can't, you can't score more than eight. No, 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 no. It says that on the ability itself, everything that's already like marked as done, it counts as marked as done on the new one. Yeah. Like, you have to uh, write okay, the new so one. Basically, you'll count, you'll count as being scored on the first part of that scheme, right. and yep, you can right. score the second part. Correct. But so, like you, you can. So like, if you have in the pool, is it bait and switch where if there's no enemy in your deployment zone, you get a point at the end of the game? I think that's bait and switch. If it's not, it's a different one. But basically, you could score one and then switch to that one where you get the easy, you know, point at the end. Right. So definitely some cool things. But that's not that's not even the most annoying thing about this model, folks. The most annoying thing about this model is ink fingers. Thank you. I was I was waiting so hard. I was like, please, dear God, say it. It's my favorite ability on this stupid model. This <laughs> model, like, this model can die in a fire. Yes, yeah. it's so beautiful. Oh. Discard their hands every you, instant. You it doesn't matter what doesn't matter what you have. Doesn't matter what you have. That's so good. So you're starting fresh every single turn. There ain't no keeping high cards. There ain't no keeping the black joker. There ain't no keeping the red joker. You better use that shit. So I want to point out, this is not the first time we have something like this in the game. Summer has something very similar. You either yep. A, keep your pass tokens, or B, keep your hand. And if you have no pass tokens, then you have to discard your hand. Yep. So like it literally, it's you. You're screwed either way. So if you have a pass token and with with uh, summer, again summer, I mean, and you don't want to discard your hand, you cannot use a pass token until the very end when you have to discard it. Yeah. The and only this guy. Yeah. Oh. The only saving grace about this model is that it's an enforcer and it's not a henchman. If this model was a henchman, I would blow my brains out. <laughs> but he's really good. He's really good. As he's an worth, enforcer, he's, worth he's well worth the points. Oh, he's not sure. easy to get to either because he's never in the front lines. And he has manipulative and he has chatty. So it's just a pain in the butt to deal with him. Yeah. Chatty almost never comes into... Yeah, because nothing's around him. I, I get that. I'm just saying it's there. It's there for break the line if you need it, though. That reminds me. Uh, yeah. Chris, have you ever put on the table um, Mortimer? I've put Mortimer on the table, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was it and have you kept it up? <laughs> 
I mean, it was a while ago. <laughs> that was one of the models that Dixon talked about being terrible on the yeah. last episode. I, I liked Mortimer. I used to play Mortimer back in the day. Yeah, yeah well, but it wasn't super good. I like his shovel. His shovel's good. I mean, no, but so he's, he's essentially a souped-up grave digger. I mean... Oh, well, the, the reason why I bring him up is both of them have Chatty and, and like Mortimer. Chatty doesn't really come up with this model, except this model's good. Tannenbaum yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. He's not a henchman, and Chatty's there because of lore. Like, his, his fluff says he's Chatty. That's it. All right. Well, looking at this keyword, what are some versatile models that you guys think go really well with this keyword? So I know Chris has found a couple that he likes bringing, but I'm just curious to see what you guys think about versatile models. The Alpinist is a, yeah. is a great model because you want to bubble up and with a bubble crew comes the, the, the frustrating po point of view of keeping those models bubbled up and moving them with the alpinist you're just moving through everything you don't yeah appreciate. yeah so the alpinist is kind of like if you think you're going to make mistakes with movement with this crew especially the first couple games you play with them i just rec recommend the alpinist just to clean that up so you don't have to worry about it because oh, you won't you just move through your own models it doesn't even matter i need to see that because i have not seen somebody successfully play the alpinist i no, trust I, you many a times and he's great because he's got the uh the silken rope thing what is it called it's called 50 50 feet of silk rope yeah so you get to push the target rope. four inches towards this model and then you push this model four inches towards the target so basically you get a little it's almost like it's a it's a bigger um chain gang yeah gotcha so gotcha. you move the alpinist and then you 50 foot something right along with you and then the effigy the effigy not the emissary the effigy is phenomenal with this crew. Yeah, Chris has kind of moved away from bringing the emissary. <laughs> I love the effigy. The effigy has so much movement shenanigans. But you don't have anybody to protect Jetsa, then. What do you need anyone to protect Jetsa? You've got Mikhail. You've got the Damned. You've got the Grave Goo. You've got so many good, solid pieces around Jetsa. You don't need protection. I guess I must... I mean, I'm, I always have problems keeping her alive when I didn't have the emissary. So maybe I just felt like, I mean, I don't know, maybe that was my crutch. Maybe. Well, I think that it, you just have to play her, play, play her a little bit more reserved as far as keeping her back towards the bubble mm -hmm. and not overextending the bubble. It's a little more disciplined, but you can overextend the bubble if you bring the emissary, because then obviously you have to take the hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got enough healing in there. I don't think anybody's going to one-shot Jetsa. Nobody's can one-shot Jetsa, uh, in my experience. I keep Jetsa right in the middle, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that effigy with the uh, with the lead the way is phenomenal. Uh -huh. I mean, again, that's so much more movement. Yeah, so it's lead the way. You also have, obviously, the aura of courage for healing, because obviously healing is what the crew does. Um, and I think those are the biggest two that I've seen you bring, obviously, besides Tan and Bomb. I don't know if Dixon, you've seen any of the other uh, versatile models brought with the crew. No, I mean Ungatoro is is an okay big, but I, I think that the crew likes to have, like I said, things things that hurt your crew. So syndicate models, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw them there, or models with siphon power, like the uh, spell thieves or whatever. Yeah, I've seen Chris using the lamp lighters to hurt his own models, so that's something yeah. I've seen him doing. Um, it's yeah, worked out pretty well for you. 
hurt the grave goo so that I could put burning on the grave goo. So he's taking a point of damage yeah. every yeah, every turn. So he's healing every ever repetitively. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and then I try to I try to get some some other type of damage on some of my other models. Like Sophie's got the you know. What is it? Lead the way or something like that? No, not lead the way. It's the one where she gets to take two damage. It's a, it's a, it's one of her candlelight uh, triggers. She takes two damage. Isn't it something with the pack or whatever? Yeah, something like that. And Jets gets a life token, um, but that's two irreducible damage that she takes. Yeah. So then you could heal her to help get Mikhail up the field. But yeah, you never hardly ever walk Mikhail. Mikhail just he just flows up the board. Yeah. So we got. A lot kind of talking about this i de- the crew is just solid and especially to a lot of players it can seem pretty overwhelming because you're just like how am i supposed to deal with this crew if i go in you know i have mikhail and i have the dam that are going to you know kind of chew me apart and if i try to heal my model once they're in there then i'm going to take damage so it's kind of almost like this damned if you do damned if you don't type scenario so there's a couple of questions that we're going to answer and then we'll talk about general just kind of like how we've played against it or countered it or what Chris have seen, you know, kind of counter it really well. So we'll go off these questions and then we'll kind of go into how we kind of counter it. Um, so how far into unnecessary, unkillable is Mikhail? So I think Dixon, you alluded to this. How yeah. unkillable do you think that dude is? Um, in the 12, 15 games that I played, I never... He never died. Yeah. Yeah, he just never died. He never even came close to a fucking life token. He's just that damn tough to kill. Yeah, I think if you keep him near Jedza, it's probably pretty impossible to kill him. Right. But, like, I'm telling you right now, he, he was one of the models that I had leap uh, leapfrogging forward. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I hit you. I heal you. You take damage. I jump over. He's move four, but his chronicle is he gets to place within... Or as long as the model that healed is within six of him, you get to bounce to the model. And that includes the enemy. So it's like, oh, I healed Maw three. Well, yes. now Mikhail's base to base with her, and she has to attack him. Yes. God, the amount of times that somebody activated within chronicle range of him, and they're like regen one or regen two, and then I just had him jump right into him. Like, now you have to attack him. Yep. And just the, the rage, the maximum rage that that causes. God, I love it. No, he's, he was insane. It was definitely he became my favorite model. Uh, while I was trying to make the the the, the giant goo my beater. Nah, my Mikhail definitely well, became my my, the, ba- the, my badass. The problem with him too is he's unyielding, so you can't really lure yeah. him away. You can't, you know, you can lure him. him. You can't. Can you? Obey can you? Him. Can can you lure him? If I remember correctly, he doesn't have uh, laugh off, but he does well, have no, a yield. It says it. when it said when it would do an action outside of its activation. Isn't right. lure making you do the walk action? Nope. You move your movement towards this model. Okay, so that gets around it a little bit. Right. So literally, it's obey effects on uh, an effect that tells you to make an action specifically. Yeah. 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 Which is good. Yeah. Because that I means see. you can't just beat stick your own crew if somebody obeys you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he he's definitely I, I I don't know if I would call him unkillable, um, because if you get undisciplined with him, like Chris has taken him outside of the six inches once or twice, and and Ma did put the beat stick on him and and beat him with a wooden spoon. No, no, you moved him outside of the six inches with a push. Yeah, and then you just walked Ma up and were like, 
whack, 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 and just <laughs> destroyed him. Straight up there. Yep. Yeah. So you got to you, you can do with Maw, you know, doing what five, six damage per per swing. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. you can do. Yep. Yeah. Suck, suck it. Suck yeah. it. <laughs> there's very little you can do. Uh, I'm sure that people that have been touched bad by Mikhail don't feel bad for him dying in that one experience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question, this one, and that was from Kyle. This next question is from uh, Riker. He says, are the Chronicle triggers balanced or are they unfair? Is the healing easier, or harder to get? So let's, okay, I'll start with kind of the first part of this. So do you guys think that the healing triggers are balanced or do you think it's just unfair and just nasty? Yeah, they're pretty balanced. Dixon's laughing at you right now. <laughs> no, they are. The Chronicle Triggers, I mean, it's balanced. I mean, you have to, I mean, you don't just get free heals. You have to waste action points to, to get these heals, with the exception of the Grave Goo, having regen. All you have to do is activate. But everything else, you have to activate, you know, you have to waste an action point. And yeah, but but see, here's the thing. I think once up. you get, I think once you get good with the crew, that's a benefit to you because you get to do so many things out of activation. So I can be like, I'm going to heal your model. I'm going to push it into that pit trap. And then you're going to take this damage. And now this one's going to teleport into base to base with you. And now this one's going to do this. And it's just this chain effect of nonsense. Yeah. But I also have to stay bricked up. So I'm not bringing Jetsa in. Any I, think, I think, I think that, I think I would say I think that is the balancing factor. I, I think that yeah. it is definitely powerful, but the fact that you have to stay in a formation and you have to also remember the triggers and then you have to sequence them in such a way that it's going to be kind of what somebody would call broken. I don't think it's any more broken than any of the other good stuff we see in Malho. Yeah. I mean it has its it has its place. That's that's why I'm saying it's balanced. Dixon's thinking. Yeah. Dixon doesn't know. I, man, it's it's really good though. Like it is because the thing it is, is I, I'm thinking about the other stuff that I seen that's like heinous and yeah, no, I think you're you're right. The the thing that makes me wonder whether or not it's broken or not is is how many times I personally uh, triggered it because I, I remember the first time somebody whooped my ass like like hardcore with jets and I was just like love struck. This was like almost a year ago and. And I was just like, what the hell? How are you doing all these th awesome things? And then I started slowly playing the crew. And then it, it was just, it was almost abusive. It seemed to me abusive every single time I healed and a cascade of effects would happen. And then I would so, heal again and then a cascade of effects would yeah. happen. Just, With that though, how easy do you guys think it is to heal stuff? Is it hard? Is it easy? Like, what do you guys think about that? In that crew, super easy. How many models, how many models do you have in the crew that can heal? At least four, but in different ways. Like Mikhail heals. Mikhail heals, heals after right. doing attacks. Yeah. So if you kill something, yeah, yeah. those aren't easy. Those aren't like well, well, you know, make, uh, make, uh, the dam. The dam heals when he kills something. True, but yeah. you can kill small stuff. And if I remember, let me see. I if you're going to get small stuff, uh, I I used to I usually have him uh, hunting down scheme runners and scheme runners are tiny. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if your opponent walks into you with the ideal list, yeah, it's going to be scary because the opponent is walking into you with all these scheme runners for you to hunt down with a damned stuff for you to trigger these heals easily. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to be easy. What's the counter to that? Bring a solid army, you know. 
if, or break something that's so maneuverable. Well, like, I, I would actually argue the opposite of that. I think that it is easy for you to heal, but it does require resources. Um, I agree there are counters to the healing too. One right. thing, and I found that is very good against Jedsa, is to just not engage that death bubble, is just bring a crew where you can spread out and reposition quickly. I mean, Zip, I, I know Zip is scary to drop into Explorers because of, you know, English Ivan, but Zip is an example of like a perfect counter to the stupid Jedsa nonsense, just because <laughs> you have concealment you are quick, you can reposition, you can outrun the hell out of them and just go do other things to <laughs> be like, okay, okay well, first, you. Yeah, first off, when it comes to English to Ivan against Zip, Zip definitely has the 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 high ground, if you will, of mm. maneuverability. English right. Ivan's is not a good counter to Zip. I mean, yeah, it's it is scary. The concealment part. But the whole concealment thing, yeah, okay, so I get, what, one shot? off of you before you go completely to the other side of the board yeah no no no, no. zip zip only triggers the runaway thing with a mask and only no on no defense. i no i know i get it but okay. he's, just, he's just talking about like i would then activate the piece and then fly away and then ah. go away yeah it's get me out of here that kind it's, of yeah. yeah it's impossible to to lock zip's crew down anywhere i mean yeah i took out a mosquito with you know one swing but that's about it. Everything else was just scattered. And then so, I was here like, what do I do now? Yeah, so I, I definitely agree with that as far as it can be hard if your opponent chooses not to engage you because then it reduces your options of healing. Um, but it, it, man, if you're going against a crew that likes to heal, Jets is gonna have a heyday. Uh, Chris, last part of Riker's question, how hard do you feel it is to maintain the bubble? uh if you have the alpinist it's pretty easy um it's not it's not an easy feat to maintain the bubble uh, discipline. uh it's discipline and you have to be against a crew that doesn't want to you know fly to the sides uh don't uh things i would recommend is don't take jets into any you know scheme pool that contains outflank because you're never going to be able to to counter that i mean the enemy is just going to be too fast for you yeah that's two points yeah. that you're just not going to stop. Well, I, I was telling Chris, Jedsa almost is ideal into a wedge deployment where really you can just set up right in the middle and just go to town and it's not a wide board. Anytime you have a diagonal kind of deployment, it's going to be a little more difficult for Jedsa to control a board as much. Yeah, it's going to be really tricky uh, whether or not to drop uh, Cooper into this uh, Turf War wedge deployment or Jedsa into this... Uh... Yeah, and I, I feel like you really have to be you have to be diligent in what you choose to engage because whatever you choose to go after, your whole crew almost has to advance towards. You can't just send one thing unless you want to send like the, the damned is the only model I've really seen in the crew where you can kind of send it off because then he can come back real quick. So yeah. that's kind of the only one that I've seen that can do that well. I love that model in that in 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 Sabbath. Yeah, and Euripides yeah. too. It's so dumb because he like the power of leap is something that cannot be ignored. It's and then he's a base of forty, so that it gives you even more of a reach in the board. Like, I, I just I don't know. You you already play the model. You already know. Oh yeah, I love him. You just have to be strategic whenever you're playing with the damned. You can't go. Don't jump. You know, don't jump 
early in the turn, you got to use the dam towards the end. Whenever yeah, Chris, Chris also that. needs to remember the old ways too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there were a couple of times where I had a 13 on the top of the board, and I was just like, why didn't I just do that? So yeah. my, my favorite, because I love doing this with the always with him, is you flip for leap because you need a six, and then you flip like a 13. You're like, I'm charging that model over there, and I'm going to take a damage to flip the 13. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm hitting you now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially if it's a uh, a mask and, yeah. you know, pouncing strike and you've got an easy other target. Like, oh. woo A mask or a ram. Like, so good. Awesome. Yeah. So the next question that we have is from Brandon. He asked a couple that we already answered. So the one that he asked that we didn't quite answer was, how do you guys find lamp lighters being used in this keyword? So I think, I, I, I honestly feel like you want to bring at least one of them. Yeah, they're um, phenomenal. I don't know if you need two, but Chris, how have you been using the lamp lighters? Yeah, so with the lamp lighter, you get to drop uh, two dim markers in the very beginning of the game. So those dim markers you want to put in strategic locations on your side of the field towards the middle of the board. Um, lamp lighter, for me, turn one, charge the grave goo so I can uh, put one damage on the grave goo and but, put burning on them. But Chris, why would you put them on your side? Because then if you... But just then, if wait. you adva if you advance, then you know you're going past them. Just wait, calm down. I'm getting to it. <laughs> um, because I have the lamplighter right next to Sophie, I'm at speed six when I activate, so I move within two inches of that first dim lamp, uh, and then I uh, and then with the light, uh, with the lit marker lip lamp marker blah blah blah, <laughs> uh, you get a uh, one positive flip per activation on any any duel. So, you know, anything is, is just phenomenal. So you now spend the rest of your momentum getting your entire army around that lamp marker. And then you do the same thing, you know, with the other one. So that now you have two lit lamp markers. And then if you uh, if you get lucky, you, um, you get the, uh, the map, I think mask, no, book trigger off of Unnatural Glow you can dump another uh, dim marker down and then do the same thing. You get a couple of those things up and you're getting positives, you know, once per activation off of, you know, off of each one. It's phenomenal. Well, and, and you can move these stupid lamp markers too. Yeah. So with Tannenbaum, you can move them. Um, and then with, uh, if uh, you get the trigger, whenever you light it, you can move them as well. You can move yep. it three inches and then you can place the lamp lighter into base contact with it. Mm. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. I mean, they have Don't Mind Me, so they're good for doing scheming when everything's kind of mucked up in the middle. Um, they're just a good, solid model. You definitely want to bring at least one of them. There's no reason not to. There are seven points, but they're going to give you positives on duels, and the lamps stay lit, so even if the model dies, you still get those positives as long as you're around them. Yeah, it's and then they, have, they also have one other little extra even, I mean, they're not already really good models. They have one more cool thing, and that's uh, you can target it with, uh, I think it's a bonus. Uh, yeah, Burning the Midnight Oil, it's a bonus. You target a lit lamp marker, and anywhere within two inches of that lit lamp marker, you can take the interact action and treat as base contact with yourself. So you could push that marker up near something, and then you could be putting out scheme markers. You could be moving... Uh, you know, the strategy marker, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, and that's an eight inch range. So, I mean, that really is flexible for late game stuff where you're trying to drop down schemes and and move uh, move strategy markers and all that crap. Absolutely. 
this is a model that I'm unfortunately uh, in my games I was never able to like it, it didn't click with me and then I, I went back to Neverborn kept focusing on Neverborn for the tournaments and stuff and I started seeing people play it this model is is insane when the person playing it is like you know on point with it yeah and just like hot garbage when you don't like it's I I think that people have to give this model more practice than they're gonna expect oh yeah definitely and first couple games yeah, I was gonna say the first couple games Chris played it, it really didn't do much besides push models. Um, the more reps he's gotten, the more kind of nifty tricks he's found with it. Um, so yeah, definitely a model worth playing for sure. That's 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 some great tips on how to use that, Chris. Uh, this this one comes from a friend of the show. This comes from uh, from your boy there, Dixon. Guess who? Wilson. <laughs> so. Uh, his first one is, should you try to kill Jedza if they bring the Emissary? So if they have take the hit, do you even think about going into Jedza? My experience when I was playing her, I told you, he, he seemed like a crutch to me. Because when I play without it, Easy against, Wilson, against Wilson specifically, I remember Wilson... <laughs> That's why he's asking it. <laughs> luring Jedza. Luring Jedza, who's willpower aid, <laughs> all the way to, my, to his deployment zone, and beating the ever-living crap out of her. So yeah, like I, I, many times I played games with her where like, if I didn't have some kind of like take the hit, she just dies. So maybe it's just me, or maybe it's the person, the people that I play against. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things where if you haven't played against a bubble crew a lot in any game, you really need to unwrap the puzzle, right? The the, the bubble crews are a puzzle of just interlocking defenses and offensive capabilities. And if you haven't played against it before, you need to unwrap it. And you can do that by tempting them to go after a model. And then there's something loose from the pack that's out of the bubble, or you can use lures to bring something out of the bubble. So there's a lot of different options that you need to do to unwrap this and push people out. That's like with Mikhail, Chris was saying, oh, you know, you pushed, I knocked aside with Maw into the pit trap. He was outside the six and then Maw just beat the bricks off of him. That's the kind of stuff you need to do and look for when you're playing against this crew. The last question that uh, Wilson had was, are more wraiths any good? So Chris and I briefly talked about this the other day. Um, they're a cheap four stone model. Uh, I mean, they're I not haven't, really good. They have I haven't seen them yet. They, they suck for combat. They were great at flipping stuff or tagging stuff. I remember at the time I was playing them for, um, for uh, Corrupted Ley Lines, and I literally had one just like tag uh, a building and just kind of like pass the stone forward. So yeah, they, they they just they do scheming stuff and they're pretty I, hardy I, for four points. I actually like dirt nap. Dirt nap's kind of a cool ability <laughs> or uh, action. One because it's called a dirt nap, so that's pretty cool. But right. you can basically you can uh, put slow on a model and then heal it. So you know that's that can trigger a lot of nonsense and can really make your opponent's day miserable. Yep. Yeah, in this in this iteration um, of the Morraths, they're just they're not great. Yeah, I think you can get more with your points uh, somewhere else. Yeah, you can get more with your points. I mean, maybe they'll change them down the road. I, I would hope so, but mm. yeah, they're not a great model. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I when I was using them for the purpose of what I was using them, they were perfectly fine. But I would never take them into a combat situation. Period. 
All right, so our last question comes from Nathan, and this actually goes really good into kind of our final just discussion of Seeker here, because I do think some people might have had a negative play experience against this crew. Uh, but his question just says some boards seeker just seems absolutely horrifying. So how do you deal with it as an opponent? So what are some things that you have, Chris, you playing it have been like, oh, this is bad or this is really starting to make me lose the game. And then Dixon, you and I can talk about what are some good counters that we've seen to Jedsa and that keyword. So Chris, let's start with, let's start with you. What are some things that have really hurt you playing Jedsa? Hurt me playing Jedsa? Yeah positioning okay so whether it's you or your opponent mispositioning you yeah or you know going into an improper strategy with jetsa i mean you just can't take her into anything that she's not going to be good into i mean yeah i mean lures are like your biggest enemy because yeah. you're yeah. Un you're unimpeded so you're going to go full distance yeah. yeah like it's happening and if you have the alpinus i don't know if the alpinus works now that i think about it outside of activation but if it does that's even a bigger problem because you're gonna go over stuff to get to me yeah no it's true it's absolutely <laughs> um my biggest uh my biggest uh, thing so far though is with jetsa i try to position her in the middle to where you know it's not going to be easy to get to her so i understand what you're saying when it comes to wilson and you know him getting to her somehow and you know raking the shit raking her across the coals but uh yeah i i don't I haven't mispositioned that way, but yeah, it's all about positioning when it comes yeah. to Jets. That's, that's going to be the, the, whether or not I'm going to win the game or I'm going to lose the game badly. Is, is yeah. When, when I've played against seeker or against Chris, I think the key is you do need to bring those tech pieces. Last game I brought Trixie or not Trixie. Um, the hell's her damn name. Um, Trixie God. bell. Yeah. Trixie bell. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember the skanks name, but she, uh, <laughs> She is. She's, 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 she's a, a sexy horror, little. One Ooh, sexy good, I'm not big into gremlins, but if I was. <laughs> no, but I brought her just to lure stuff out. And the key is when you're going into a model in this crew, you want to go into one that has preferably already activated. That way there's not recovery there. Like if I lure something out, it's not going to walk back. Um, it's not going to be easy for them to heal it to, you know, maybe push it back. Uh, put maybe other things around it that's going to make it difficult, maybe try, you know, box it in. There's a lot of different things you need to do. Just like I said, pulling the puzzle apart mm -hmm. and then picking that one piece off. Uh, the lamplighter is a good one to pick off if it gets kind of in the like back by its own. Uh, models that can just place, I found are really good. So that could be leaps. Um, I found the Soulstone Miner has been superb against Chris's crew. It's instrumental absolutely because basically what i do is i wait till something's just a little bit out and i've gone in i've th like thrown it down a hole and threw it in a pit trap and now it's out of the bubble so there's a couple of nifty tricks you can figure out to get things out of the six inches basically you can't kill anything if it's next to jedza you have to get it six inches away yep and i would recommend killing jessa if you can yeah, yeah i haven't i haven't tried saying. that yeah, well, I haven't tried that strategy yet, Dixon, and that might just be because how Chris has kind of kept her protected. Um, it's been a little difficult for me to get into it, but yeah, if you see an opening to kill Jedza, absolutely go into her. That that's the key, by the way, because like by the time that that in that example specifically, where like Wilson specifically drew Jedza out, I had no cards in hand, yep. and he just okay activate this uh, Geisha lure the. Get, uh, her back here. Activate Hinamasu, lure her back here. 
Hinamatsu charges. Kabuki Warrior charges. Jets is dead. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, if, and that's, once again, just seeing where the opening is and being able to pull that apart. If you can definitely get Jetso away from the rest of her crew, I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. or, you know, run something in there that has anti-heal, uh, some type of anti-heal aura. Yeah, like, I, I was about yeah, to mention there's uh, one of the, well, actually, a few of the bad games that I had with Jetsa where I lost badly was against uh, Leviticus. Yeah, with the uh, uh, Abominations. That. Uh, unexpectedly. He would, like, I think he killed a Moray. Uh, I, I think Marlena has it, too. Yeah, but, like, literally, he killed a Moray with very little fucking tries and then turn it in, turn it into a, um, whatchamacallit, Abomination, I think it was. I don't know if it was... Desolation engine? It. No, he just he made an abomination. Oh, okay. The abomination has the no heal aura. It fucked my plans over. Then he kept slowly, or or I don't remember. It was a while ago, but like I remember he made an abomination next to my crew. My crew was just scrambling to kill the fucking abomination. <laughs> then he made another abomination again with like the ashes and dust, and it just, dude, it cascaded into all these effects of fuck no, and I just, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, if you have any anti, and there's there's multiple models in the game that have anti healing tech, um, that you really can. I'm um, actually so if you have hostile work environment, does that get around abilities or no? Targeting, you cannot target okay. a friendly model. Period. So, so this still works in a hostile work environment as long as it doesn't say target another friendly model. Yeah, or target a friendly. Well, yeah, you basically. Anything that targets anybody other than yourself, that's it. Yeah, let me look at the wording on that real quick, because yeah. Chronicle, yeah, it just says another model heals. There's no target there for most of them. Yeah, I, I, I will have to, like, read again on, on hostile work environment, but I think I think specifically it says you can't target. Yeah, yeah enemy, enemy models can't be targeted by the actions of friendly, of other, sorry, of other enemy models. Uh, yeah, so I, I think another way to counter this crew is, like I said, the whole spread out and go do something else. That's the beautiful thing about Malifaux is there's a lot of scheme pools out there where it's like, I don't need to engage and kill you. I can go do something else. Also, blocking line of sight also is very helpful. So if you put down any kind of marker, which she can remove, but you can still do that. Or if you can hide behind trees. There's ways where you can get out of line of sight so they're not going to be able to do things to you because they have to see you to do some of these abilities. Most most of them have to see you. Yeah. I mean, you've always got Austere and Twiggy who can just... Yeah, there's there's no hiding from that. I The the ability to drop a ski marker has won me a few games. Oh, That's absolutely. Just... <laughs> so um, I, I think Nightmare Scenario, though, is Wedge with Jedza. Like when you see Wedge, if they drop Jetsa, just know you're probably in for a scramble. But I, I, I am seriously reconsidering the dropping Cooper into Turf War Wedge and dropping Jetsa in there. Now that I've got so many reps with Jetsa, I feel like it probably it would behoove me to do it. I think the fact that they have to go through your bubble to yeah. get to any of your markers because you said it was a Wedge Turf War. Yeah. So you have three on your side, and you have to just yeah. send at one opportune time uh, the fucking uh, the the hated guy, the big guy with the horns. We were just talking about him. Jesus, the damn, uh, damn, 
if you send the dam into one of the corners, you can just cap it at the end at the late game. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. just defend for 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 your side for your three, and since they're a ridiculously strong bubble crew, that should be easy, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of what I think um, Nathan was talking about. Is just you see that board, and you just have to pick it apart the best you can and just kind of work towards the edges of it and just hope that maybe they overcommit a certain way where you can really start taking advantage of it. And that's where I noticed the last game Chris and I played, we actually called it because Chris kind of saw how it was going to probably play out. Yeah, basically, he, he extended way over into the corner and I started picking off. I was basically going to kill Tannenbaum. I was going to kill Auster and Twiggy and I was going to kill your Lamplighter because Maw was over there and you were going towards the other way. So just that mispositioning is really where you need to try and get the Jedza player. Um, just get them a little bit off where you can punish them for making that mistake. I like so, that. But yeah, I mean, Seeker's a really cool keyword. It's fun to play. And you just, it was kind of funny, though. At the first couple times that I played against it, I was sitting there getting a little poo-poo on it. I was kind of like sitting there like, this is, you know, the dumbest thing I've ever played against. And, and and Chris was just like, relax. I'm just learning it. You'll be all right. And um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, you have to have a game plan into it. You can't just run into it. That's like the worst thing you can do. I ran the first couple games. I kind of was helping Chris figure it out. I ran Maw into there a couple times and it just didn't, it was bad. It was just bad news bears. Don't do it. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, I ignore my pit traps. And then Sophie's like, don't. <laughs> so I'm getting Why? injured and taking damage and dying. Ow. Wait, what do you mean? Ow. Ow. <laughs> and then I'm getting pushed into my own pit trap markers. It was awful. Yeah. It was good stuff. I really enjoyed you running on. <laughs> Anytime Chris kills Maul, he's like, yeah. <laughs> See, yes. No, no, Personal what? victory. I don't care if I lose eight to zero. <laughs> Personal victory, kill Ma. Yeah. That that is actually a very beautiful. There's a very beautiful lesson in that part of the game. Any other player would have activated Jetsa and removed the pit trap, but you but saw this that... exactly. You saw this as an opportunity to kill Ma instead. Chris like, chose pain. I choose pain. I'll choose pain every day. <laughs> the, the very first thing that comes to my head is Sophie. Turning that shit against you, push, push you a little bit over. Yeah, can you imagine? Bam, 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 can you imagine like a Karis player, like being like thrown into her own pyre markers? Ooh, I can't wait to play against Karis. Hell yeah, bring that shit on. It's so bad. Oh, that's so funny. All right, any last minute thoughts about the seeker uh, keyword there, guys? Anything else where you just want to share? They're good, but they're not overpowered. Uh, in most situations, don't uh, don't fear them. Just uh, figure out how to play around them. I mean, that's easier said than done. They they are very very powerful and they get going. Well, I I'd, I'd like to compare it to Bubble Cruise and other games. I mean, I remember playing, you know, Brewers and Guild Ball, or playing um, what was the Bubble Crew I played with Circle? Um, uh, what was the Rock dude's name? Why can't I remember? Uh, Bradigus. Bradigus. So, and you play those crews and you beat the bricks off people with it. And they're like, this is so broken, blah, 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 blah. And then they figure out how to pull it apart. It's, it's just one of those keywords where if you, if you just run into it, you're going to have a miserable time. You have to have a game plan. You have to know what pieces to attack. You have to 
when there's an opening, you have to see it. You can't just go into a random model that they give you. You have to go, I can kill this model without it coming back to life. I can do that. Oh, the damned went off on its own. Let me swing around and get that real quick. Or, yeah. oh, he's in the center. Let me go ahead and outflank and, you know, maybe do breakthrough or, you know, spread him out. Something that's going to give me points where I don't have to engage it as heavy. So that that's the first thing I was thinking about. It's like, instead of trying to engage them, which is a thing you, you should try to learn anyway, uh, yeah. try to beat them without having to fight them. Because that's a thing that you can do in this game. That's so and the beauty of Malifaux. You can win without having to kill somebody, but you can also kill if you want. Well, and I think the key is, though, you have to provide a stalling point where you you scatter to get your points elsewhere. But right. the beautiful thing that I've found with playing Maw is I can the test subjects are really good little tar pits. Like they're, for four stones, they My are God. stupid hard to kill. My like even if you don't have any injured on them, armor one, they're not going to go anywhere super quick. Like they might get one shot at occasionally, but usually they're going to be okay for some engagement. Their armor one six health, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, six. That's, that's why I said that's why I said occasional. I think the only time I got one shot it was Cooper. I think that was the only time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> seven damage blah. to the dome. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. Find you a nice little tar pit. And that's what I've been doing with the Seeker. But I've been throwing the test subjects up there to kind of engage and bounce around, cause some random you know chaos. And then I just go do stuff with the other parts of my crew. And the last few games, it's worked pretty well. I haven't over-engaged. Because honestly, if I lose eight points and keeping Chris kind of bottled up as the Seeker player... And lets me go score points. That that's a victory. I'm just trying to get Chris to score his points earlier in the game. He tends to forget about scoring actual victory points. I like to score my points turn three and, and beyond. <laughs> you don't you don't own me. I do what I want. Just remember, if you don't score your strategy, you can't score that later. <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> very true. That that's the true. one you need to stay on schedule for. You have yeah. to score that every single round after uh, round one. If yeah. you don't, you lose the game, period, and a story. That's usually where Chris gets in trouble. I'm like, you know you didn't you know, move that strategy marker. He's like, meh. Meh. I, <laughs> I, wanted, to, I wanted to kill you. And then you're out of position for turn three, and then you're like, oh, crap, well, I forgot. Well, so, <laughs> and actually, I will say, so Chris has done that before where he doesn't score the strategy turn one. And I know a lot of people would call that a mistake because you can't get that point back. But... Chris does that when I think Chris looks at, can I get an activation advantage and can I get a positional advantage, even if I'm giving up the strategy point? Mm -hmm. So I think that's when I've noticed, Chris, that you've done that most before. If I give up strategy point, I'm doing it in mind that I'm going to deny you at least two points. So because you're taking out a model. Because usually. I'm taking out a model or I'm getting in a good position you know, I mean, I have my strategies, so I don't just do it because I'm a dumbass. That's that's only half the time. That's only half the time. <laughs> oh my! Ooh. Hey, are 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 our shirts ready? In the arms. <laughs> I mean, I can I can bring a blank T-shirt for you. Hey, uh, I was. We just got all day tomorrow. Did you? Did you, you yeah, we'll see. Tomorrow, right? Oh, not tomorrow. Yeah. The day after tomorrow. Saturday. Yeah. 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 Are you are you excited about it? I'm, oh, I'm super yeah, excited. I'm excited. I haven't, I haven't I played the... wait to play against someone. Oh my god! Ah! Thanks. That's gonna be terrible to edit, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, he had like a ball or something hitting the table. That's going to be a nightmare. Too. I, I haven't played in a tournament since October. So I'm super excited because the last tournament we ran a uh, month and a half ago, I, I, I ran it. I didn't play in it. Right. Um, and that's actually a tip. I think I said it in the episode, mm-hmm. but I had a couple of people asking me about running tournaments and they were like, well, what if you had, you have an odd number? And I told them, it's like, well, if you don't have a ringer, somebody who's just hanging out and can play randomly, I think the TO should sit out because the TO hasn't traveled very far. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you're going to have to answer questions anyways. So if you're the TO and you have an odd number, just bounce out. Just nobody wants to travel to get a buy. I, I, I drove two hours to get a buy. Fuck me. Yeah. Well, imagine, I mean, Dixon, imagine like that tournament that we were, that I ran. Right. You, you know, took like a damn train ride for like seven, eight, nine hours, whatever it was, or all night. Yeah. I can't remember what the fuck it was, but you know, how, how bad would that have been is you did all that and you had a, you know, a buy round two or three. I, yeah, I would be like, just. <laughs> forget this yeah so so yeah that's good for him as a to i'm super excited i get to play bayou and hopefully i, I man i'm telling you it's gonna be hard for me not to drop maul like all three rounds it's isn't it like she's so fun like maul i can i can see in all those tools i can be like oh my god <laughs> Chris Bro, is like, you gotta give him credit like the, the the keyword doesn't play the exact same way every single time well, we were talking about it and <laughs> I was talking to Chris and looking at Maw, mm. I was just like, man, I, I have that turn one. It doesn't matter what I bring. Mm. Generally speaking, I have that turn one down like clockwork mm. um, where, you know, you horrible got the hollering, horrible hollering, <laughs> horrible hollering, horrible hollering, horrible horrible. And however, I am waiting for that one game where I try to bury the soul stone miner turn one and it doesn't go off because I flip a black joker. I'm oh like, that's got to happen sometime. It's happened. It's happened in multiple games that I play against people that are doing it and it wins me the game. It's so don't don't ask for it. Don't even call it out. Well, church, I don't, I don't mind. It, it, I'm waiting. I've in my head. I've already been thinking about it. I'm like, oh, man, if this if I get the black joker on that flip turn one, it's going to be so bad. So bad. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't know. What do I do now? But yeah, I mean, Seeker is really good. We're excited for the tournament. We'll, uh, the next plan for the uh, next episode is I think we're going to talk a little bit about the cards that the um, the alternate crew masters that uh, Weird has been spoiling. And we'll talk a little bit about the tournament that, you know, Chris and I are going to run on uh, on Saturday. So definitely excited to talk about that. And Dixon, we've been getting a lot of feedback about we want to play models that suck. So our last episode where we talked about shitty models, people want to hear more about it. So that's going to be cool to have Chris on and see what crappy models he has experienced. There's a lot of models that we love that we just know that we can't put on the table. And expect the, great the, things. One, the one somebody brought up that was kind of like, oh, man, they're totally right. They were talking about the grave column. They're like, this model is so bad, but it's so cool looking. I've it's seen it with one of the Reva. Models in the game, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen it with Reva doing really well up until you can't heal with him, and then all of a sudden he's bad. Yeah, it's like, oh, he can't heal. Well, he can't very. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Mark of Vengeance will do that to people. Very unfortunate. Yeah, so we'll definitely get that out. It, it was really the numbers were really impressive. I mean, I just released the episode. Uh, I think I released it at like two p.m. in the afternoon, and we already had about 50 more downloads than we usually have day one. So I was 
pretty pretty happy to see that. Glad the uh, community enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, I think I think we're kind of ready to call this one out, though, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging out tonight. And I think with that being said, we're gonna flip some cards and hopefully not flip too many tables this weekend, Chris. And uh, have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye.